Welcome to another Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and this is our weekly list of five things you should know about. It is January 21st. It's been a chilly week here in PA, but we've got 58 days until the first day of spring, and that number grows smaller every day. So that tells you quite a bit about my feelings on January and winter in general. That being said, let's get to our list. This week at number one, Democrats in the House of Representatives are asking CMS to reconsider the price of the Medicare Part B premium. As we mentioned last week, the 14.5% increase in the Medicare Part B premium was largely blamed on the FDA's approval of Aduhelm, Biogen's drug to treat early-stage Alzheimer's disease. Late last year, Aduhelm slashed the price of the drug in half, but the original price had already been used to calculate the Medicare Part B premium for 2022. And then last week, CMS announced that they would only approve payment for the medication when patients were involved in clinical trials. Upon that news, Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services, Xavier Becerra, said that CMS should rethink the price hikes. And over 30 Democrats wrote a letter to CMS asking for just that. In their letter, they wrote, quote, As the global pandemic rages on and prices rise in many sectors of the economy, Our nation's seniors simply cannot afford this sudden and unnecessary increase in their health care costs. We cannot continue to ask the American people to underwrite the pharmaceutical industry's outrageous profits, end quote. So far, no response from CMS, but the final decision on Aduhelm's coverage comes in April. Should CMS consider a change, to my knowledge, It would be the first time ever for a change to be made inside of a plan year. Not sure how that would play out, but I will be keeping an eye on this story. There are many facets to it, from the Part B premium to the potential for another costly drug to cause a similar price increase in the future. Number two, late last Friday, HHS announced for the eighth time that it would be extending the COVID-19 pandemic public emergency declaration for another 90 days. It's an official announcement that means public health protections and financial aid programs that are available to those affected by the pandemic will be able to continue. HHS spokesperson Kirsten Allen acknowledged the fears that many Americans hold that support might be cut off with little advance notice. She affirmed, quote, HHS will provide states with 60 days notice prior to any possible termination or expiration in the future, end quote. The original public health emergency concerning COVID-19 was made on January 27, 2020. Number three, COVID-19 home test kits are in high demand, which of course means that they are hard to find in some areas. The Biden administration's website to obtain free COVID-19 at-home test kits went live this week 
at covidtests.gov. Households can request up to four test kits to be shipped to their home free of charge. I read about some hiccups when the site first launched, so naturally I had to check it out for myself. I did not have any of those issues. I went to the website, clicked the big blue button, and that took me to the USPS website since they're the ones in charge of shipping. I filled out my name, my address, and I got a confirmation number all in about a minute. It was pretty simple. So maybe those issues I read about were just in the early hours of the site coming online and everyone scrambling to access it and order at the same time. That was not my experience. Again, it was super simple for me. As I mentioned, though, each order gives you four test kits. There was not any info on which brand of test I will be receiving. I'm not sure if all of them have a similar shelf life, but I know the test kit I currently have is good for a little under two years from the manufacturer date, but those test kits do have an expiration date, so just be mindful of that. And of course, when the test kits come in the mail, I will let you know. But I ordered mine on Wednesday this week. If you'd like to order yours or read more about the free test kit program, we will have the links in our notes for this episode. Number four, Soul Kid number one said it officially, possibly said it best, quote, always the first in new directions because Callie leads the way, end quote. Yes, they've got more bounce in California, but... They've also got a new health insurance concept that I am very curious about. California is officially the first state that will let adult children add dependent parents to their health insurance. It's an interesting concept and a way for children to provide insurance for their parents who are not eligible for Medicare or maybe don't have enough time on the books paying into Social Security. And if you're saying to yourself, well, for the people who are eligible for Medicare, that might not be the best fit or have the plan benefits, I thought the same thing, and this law does take that into consideration. California health advocates and several insurers made sure that those dependent parents who are in this situation that their adult child would be recommended to attend a free health insurance counseling and advocacy program session, or HICAP, so that they understand the choice that they would be making. Even with this particular coverage, insurance coverage through an adult child would still result in Part B premium penalties if the dependent parent would later want to sign up for Medicare past their initial enrollment period. Those are, of course, important considerations to think through, but an interesting concept that I will be following along with. Initially, I guess I'm most interested to see how popular this form of coverage turns out to be. Little bit of a wait there for me, though, as the Parent Healthcare Act goes into effect in California for coverage year 2023. Number five, another state-based news item here. We're talking about the three additional states that are adding a MedSup birthday rule in 2022. 
Now, what is the birthday rule? Well, Medicare supplements have very specific enrollment periods, and that first initial enrollment period is the time when beneficiaries can get into a MedSup plan with no underwriting. Not that underwriting is always difficult, but when you can be guaranteed entry and know that you're not paying more because of a pre-existing condition or situation, that goes a long way with beneficiaries. Other than that initial enrollment period, the six-month open enrollment period, there are special enrollment periods based on specific criteria. But underwriting, well, underwriting could be a thing. So prior to 2022, two states established a MedSup or Medigap birthday rule, which created another guaranteed issue right opening for beneficiaries in their respective states. And of course, since these are state-based, the criteria is different for both of them, but now there will be five, and the criteria is still different for all of them. So we'll start with the two that were in existence prior to 2022, California and Oregon. And didn't I just say that California likes to lead the way? So we'll start there. In California, the birthday rule is for current Medicare supplement policy holders. 30 days before their birthday and 60 days after, they can change to any plan of equal or lesser benefit with whichever carrier they choose. They don't have to go through underwriting to get into the new MedSup policy. Oregon's birthday rule works similarly. MedSup policyholders can change to a carrier or plan of equal or lesser benefit minus the underwriting. The time frame, though, is a smaller window in Oregon. The birthday rule time frame there begins 30 days before a beneficiary's birthday and extends 30 days after, so a 61-day window for Medigap beneficiaries in Oregon. Now, let's get to the new states for 2022. Illinois and Nevada added MedSup birthday rules that went into effect January 1st of this year, so those two are already in effect. Idaho is the third state for 2022, and their rule goes into effect beginning March 1st. Let's look at the new birthday rule in Illinois. Their rule is an even smaller window than Oregon, with some age specifics attached. So in Illinois, the MedSup birthday rule is for Medigap beneficiaries who are between the ages of 65 and 75. So that's a little different, but the eligible beneficiaries can enroll in any plan from any carrier they choose, but that benefit level, again, must stay the same or be a little lower. Medicare supplement beneficiaries who are between the ages of 65 and 75 can enroll in any plan of their choice from any carrier, but the benefit level must not exceed that of their current plan. For those in Illinois, the birthday rule timeframe begins on their birthday and lasts for 45 days, so this is the smallest of the MedSup birthday rule windows. In Nevada, same as the other states, Medigap policyholders can switch to a plan or carrier with equal or lesser benefits. 
The time frame for Nevada residents begins on the first day of the beneficiary's birth month and lasts at least 61 days after. Then last but not least, going into effect on March 1st, Idaho. MedSup policyholders can switch to another MedSup, but again, the plan they switch to cannot have benefits that exceed their original plan. Benefits must be equal or lesser. And then in Idaho, the birthday rule goes into effect on the beneficiary's birthday and lasts for 63 days. So some small differences between the states there. Mostly the same sort of rules about the plans, carriers, benefits being equal or lesser than that of the original plan, just differences in the timeframes. And I will mention again here, in all of these states, the birthday rule enrollment window is only for current Medicare supplement beneficiaries. It does not apply to Medicare Advantage policyholders. That's why you heard me continually refer to it as a MedSup birthday rule. That's the set of plans it applies to. And if you're selling in any of these states, it's another great opportunity to check in with your clients and make sure that their plan is working for them, that they don't need to make any changes to their coverage. We will have the link to a great piece by Allison Bell from ThinkAdvisor on this very same subject. She dives deep into the rules surrounding enrollment in MedSup plans and the birthday rules, so we will be linking to that in our notes. Make sure you check that out. Now, this is the time that we normally go into a bonus or a rabbit hole which now that I think about it, I haven't gone down a rabbit hole in a very long time. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I've been thinking, and this segment of our show needs a little branding. So moving forward, we will be calling it Rupel Recommends because I love alliterations in case you couldn't tell. It also gives me the excuse to come up with a fun new sweeper and maybe even some more music for the rest of the show. We will see moving forward, but for now, RuPaul recommends. Consider this where I tell you about all the things bringing me joy, like different flavors of Oreo cookies, what's coming to streaming each month, what I'm reading, or maybe the fact that I reorganized my whole work-from-home setup. You really never know, unless it's the end of the month, and then you can be pretty sure that it's what's coming to streaming. But that is not until next week. So can we talk about Wordle and how I really enjoy this game? It is absolutely delightful. It takes me back to when I was a kid, and my sister was not very good at spelling. No worries, though. She's way better at spelling now. But my mom got her this little device called a Spellmaster, which was essentially a spelling calculator. And I think I ended up playing with it more than she ever used it. I played Hangman against this thing for hours, so naturally... I'm really good at spelling, and I love word games. But Wordle, that's what we're talking about. It is a -a once-a-day puzzle, which I absolutely love. It doesn't try to take up all your time. It's just a -a once-a-day thing. You get six tries to guess the five-letter word. 
If you have a letter in the correct place, that letter turns green. A letter in the wrong place but still included in the word, that turns yellow. And then it will gray out letters that are not included in that day's word. You get six tries to guess the word correctly. And if you've seen weird little green and yellow boxes all over your social feeds, mainly Twitter is where I've seen them. That's what people are playing. So I'm linking to that in the notes because I'm having fun playing it, and I want you to have fun playing it as well. And that is all I have for you this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 